Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely and talented wife, Miss Southern Shell. Shell, how are you today? Good. Great. Good. We've got a special guest with us today, Mr. Mark Williams. I don't know about special. I know. I agree. I was excited. It's the old regular, old stand-in, Mark Williams. Mark, how are you doing, man? Pretty good, man. You got me up here early today, but we're good. That's right. We got to get this podcast in for the week. And we got man Tyler on the boards and running the computer. So, Tyler, you good, man? I'm doing fantastic as long as y'all are. Hey, I'm always doing good. It's uh, been a a good week here, April Fools. We've done went through that. <laughs> uh, I went vegan for a day. How was that? <laughs> Y'all believe that, right? I look like a vegan. I love how you um, drank the Truly while you were cooking <laughs> yeah. the vegan sandwich. I figured you had to get this. If you're going to cook impossible meat, you had to get the uh, impossible, uh, beer. impossible <laughs> beverage in, too. <laughs> the only step down from that would have been like, what is it? The non-alcoholic, the O'Doul's. Do they still make O'Doul's? <laughs> yes. O'Doul's. And then, didn't Miller have one like a NA or something? Or somebody yeah. used to have one. Non-alcoholic. You've tried one of those, Mark? Hadn't tried one of them. That kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> Me yeah. too. I'm not drinking it for the taste <laughs> yeah. of it. Like, oh, I just like that beer taste. <laughs> I don't want the effect. God, that's a fool. <laughs> if you got problems, if you got if you got to drink. I know several people that drink O'Doul's. Beer, I just like the way it tastes. Yeah. No, it's because they drink six of them, and it's like drinking one beer, so they're still getting a taste. <laughs> Might yeah. as well just pound a butt heavy or something. Rotate them out so you feel like you can go longer. I know. <laughs> yeah. That's what I need to do. <laughs> Put one in every once in a while. Yeah. Now, you probably fooled me after I was, you know, four or five in in a bucket, you know. We need to do that to somebody. Just give them a bunch of NAs and. Be like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> Michelle, what's going on? What What do we got to touch base on first before we get to talking to Mark about what's what's happening? Um, the first thing I want to talk about, going to talk about it all the time, is the Palmer Home Fundraiser. We have set a date for our VIP experience. Oh. If you become a fundraiser for us, the top five fundraiser get gets two tickets to our VIP experience. Let me read you what I <laughs> Yeah, I tell me about this VIP experience. It's not a class. It's, it's an a, experience. Okay, I like that. It's not a class. I don't know experience. if I want to participate in helping with this or not. <laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> you don't want to be part of the experience? Uh, it may not be. We'll walk you through several barbecue recipes step by step. We'll share every little tip and trick we know, and we'll answer all the questions you can throw us at us just like a regular class. But you'll also eat full plates of food instead of sample boats. Come to the How to Barbecue Right headquarters and have a comfortable chair, a table in front of you, elbow room, air conditioning, heat, whatever the day requires. <laughs> we'll have your favorite drinks cold and ready for you, and we'll transport you back from your hotel back and forth. So you don't have to drive. Yeah. We're going to roll out the red carpet. We're going to cook um, our favorite recipes. Yeah. It's going to be – that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make it to where it's the stuff that – we like to cook all the time and show people how we do it. You can't, aren't we? you can't buy a ticket to it. It's only going to be the top five fundraisers and a guest of theirs. So 10 people tops. How are we doing on the fun? Saturday, August front? 4th. I hadn't checked it this morning, but it'll be Saturday, August 4th. And um, I'm going to announce August that. 4th? Yes. I thought it was September. Ooh, let me check that. <laughs> yeah, because we're going till September, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a must. That don't work, Jill. Pretty sure that's like <laughs> September. probably close to Labor Day weekend. It is. So it's we're doing September. a Labor Day extravaganza experience. Yes. Man, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Okay. You get to go on a dove hunt too. Yeah, you might get to go on a dove hunt. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about guns? <laughs> do you like eating dove breast? <laughs> hey, that could be right there. I mean, that's a delicacy. It is. It really is. First if it's done right. Birds. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be done right if we do it. We are having a big. That's what Michael wants for his birthday. The is a a dove shoot and cook. So we're gonna do that. We can make that happen. So it's it's about time to start putting sunflowers in the ground. Won't be long. I received an order of pig's feet in the mail yesterday. <laughs> mm. I do not want. I don't know what how it we got weekend. on that. 
She come running in with this box, and I was like, "What is that? What's done busted? Why does it smell that way?" Oh, you know what way? it is. I said, "No, I don't." She pulled it out. Let me guess. FedEx brought it. It was. It was through Amazon. It's pretty disgusting. <laughs> a jar of feet that are in some kind of pinkish, brackish-looking water with floating with floating clobber nails and yeah, fat floating in it. I See, just, I was I thinking can't. whole feet. These are butterflied for your pleasure. Oh man! Like they are terrible looking. I don't. I don't know if I can do it. I mean, if somebody. I know I can't get it out of that juice and go to try. Oh, no. It's going to have to be on a plate, maybe some saucer seasoning or something. There's just no way. I think, I, I mean, I, I wanted to puke oh. walking back there looking at it. The first thing time. I've got a very, you know. You got to go in wrist deep, Malcolm. What do you Malcolm. call it? A disposition? Not disposition. No, you have a no, weak you stomach. You have a very weak stomach. Yeah, weak disposition. And if it comes mm. to something like that, it's just the thought of it. It looks too much like biology class. What's the first thing you I said think of fetal pigs. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Y'all. Yeah, did you, <laughs> did you back out too? I did. They're like, I don't know. Shell like pulled the trigger. We just, I think we mentioned it last podcast. <laughs> the next thing you know, she's done pulled it up and ordered a jar. And that had a couldn't have been Amazon's choice. No way. <laughs> yes. It was. I think they made him fresh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty disgusting. They like, did not get a Manny or a Petty before they put him in that jar. Just looking at it. I mean, they could have, surely they could, they could have, I would at least might have had the label up more where you <laughs> can't see what it is. <laughs> Something. It looks bad. Unrecognizable. I've seen them on my lot. I've, I know people that ate them. People in my family eat them. We're going to run it like a but contest. But not regularly. Oh, no. We're doing it next week. Oh, no. We're going to put it in a jar or put it in a turn-in have, box. Got some parsley I'm gonna for back. I'm going to have to have at least... At least a forty or something before I can before I can go to eat the pigs for it. That's okay. We can get forty. <laughs> is this just y'all three or is this the office? Oh no, oh, no. you can be in on it too. If you're here, you're trying one. <clears throat> I got a tickle in my throat. You think Jay will try it? You think Jay will try one? We're yeah. See. No, he probably won't. I don't know. He might. Yeah. I'll go for it. I mean, just bite it off the hoof. Like, you know, you got to gnaw into it. There ain't no cutting it off or tearing it off. All right. You got to pick it up. You name it, you got to do it now. Oh, no, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> I'm going to be the one watching. No. Are you going to do it, Shell? Uh, yeah. I don't know about picking it up and gnawing it off the bone, but. If you don't well, if do you it, I'm going to eat it so close to you where it feels like you're eating it. You I'm going to make it so bad. You got to eat a pig's foot, eat one of the pickled eggs out of the jar, and one of the red sausages that they got pickled to. Hey, that could be the secret ingredient to the deviled egg contest. Oh, no. Shredded pig feet. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I'd have probably made a good April Fool's You should have brought the jar back too. here. It could have made the podcast. It yeah. will. We're not done with that jar. I don't want to see it. It's too early. Be on the story. It's like the first thing you see when you walk in the door when you get to the office. It's well, great. The yeah. garbage can was Come a little in. close to the door this morning, so I got hit with the garbage can. I walked in. There's the feet, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> eight o'clock. Kat, Kat, I want to see Katie try. It. You think she'll try it? I don't know. Mm. So you did a burger this week. Your all American cheeseburger. I did. That was uh, that was the recipe, the real recipe. We did the April Fools for the Impossible Burger. Where how to barbecue right goes vegan, and but I did my take on probably the classic burger that I've that I've grew up cooking. It was basically a, a cheeseburger on a Weber grill, topped with my favorite toppings, bacon. Got to have bacon on it. Lettuce, tomato, pickle, mayonnaise, mustard. That's doesn't get any more Americana than that to me. But. Yeah, I, I've cooked a lot of burgers on my time. Probably most of them been on the Weber kettle. You didn't use any grill grates? Nope. I did a two-zone fire where I kind of start the burgers off to where they don't flame up too bad. And then as I get some of that fat rendering out of them, you move them closer to the fire and you get the char action on them. And I did a little, I did my little butter trick where I put the thumbprint in it and put the butter. What's the, what did you tell me you do to burger? Mayonnaise. We put mayonnaise in the burger mix, and right? And you like mix it with the meat. <clears throat> I it think has, it's like a tablespoon, maybe two tablespoons for every pound. I hadn't tried that. And it'll take the cheapest ground beef, and you think you're eating Wagyu. Really? Like, it's, it's so it good. It fat. Well, it's, it, it changes the texture. I guess that oil, it makes it like super soft. I mean, it's a good burger. Yeah, I got to try that. Yeah, I'll try that. And what I was know the ratio? you would try that. <laughs> What's the yeah. ratio? For normal people, it's a tablespoon <laughs> to a pound. You might could do 50-50 on yours. I don't know. It might be all right. <laughs> Mayonnaise burger. Yeah. Not on the bun, in the meat. Oh, we um had some ground Wagyu like trimmings left over from a brisket. Those Man. burgers, you, you can't could. mess them up. You can <laughs> cook it to two hundred degrees and it's still, still be juicy, good. Yeah. But you can't really grill them. 
Heck no. You better have some grill grates. You've been oh, out yeah. fire. Yeah, no, you, they're better like uh, no flips. Yeah, no flip. burger or something on a griddle. You put them over flames and, man, it's going up. Um, What is your favorite <clears throat> burger of all time, Mark? I had that as a question, too, on mine. I'm going to have to go with like a mushroom Swiss with a good like horseradish mayo. That's so we fancy, Mark. No, we done the little, I guess, prime rib inspired burger where I basted them with rosemary and garlic and everything, and then made a horseradish mayo. And we had onions and provolone and mushrooms. That's me. Add a pickle, it's there. That is a steakhouse burger. I draw like my standard burger is a Huey's burger from Huey's. I guess it's what, what's the official name of Huey's? I just always call it Huey's, but it's, it's Huey's. Is it Bar and Grill or I think it's Huey's? Burger they're known. Restaurant. They're known for their burgers. That's that's what you go to Huey's and get. And so it's it's my baseline. I judge every burger I have based on can it beat or is it as good as the Huey standard burger? Yeah. And I usually get it cooked medium. They use certified Angus beef there, and they, they have a good seasoning. They have a good burger seasoning they put on them, and they're. They're char grilling them. They're not flat top cooked. It's just a char grilled standard dive bar burger. And you're getting a piece of meat too. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's a good piece of meat. But if I had to pick one, one that comes to mind always when I think of a good burger is Porta Call in New Orleans. That they have an awesome burger there. It's a big monster burger, and I don't know if it's just because it's in New Orleans and I love that town, or if it's because of the hurricanes and all the other stuff going on, but. That port call burger is one of the ones that's up there. But a second mention is that one you got over in Melbourne, Arkansas. That oh, skirt, the skirt burger? burger. God, that was that's a memorable Man, burger too. That's a tough one too. That was a that was the first time I've ever had a true skirt burger. And that cheese, you fold it back over on top of them. It's like little crispy chips. Man, it was so good. So you did we did a recipe on yours mm-hmm. about doing a skirt burger. Did you do it like uh, on a flat top or no. what did you do it on? So we had a Done like the little cheap disposable pie pans. I cooked my cheese completely separate and then dumped oh. it on the burger. That way you still had that crust because like I did at the like time. Like a tin pan of pie yeah. crust comes in? I didn't have a flat top. Yeah. So I had to figure out some way to replicate that and it worked really good. While I was cooking my burgers, I just put the pie pan off to the side away from the coals. Time I got done cooking the burgers, the cheese was good and bubbly. I slid it over the coals, browned it up, threw it on Shred- top of Like shredded cheese mm-hmm. in the pie pan? It was as cheap as cheap comes. Really? But it was it was good. I mean, yeah. it was a good burger, especially if you didn't have the flat top. Because you can't do that on grill grates, or you can't right. do it on a grill, period. Yeah. And this kind of gave you that option. And it was way more cheese than that burger needed, but it was good. So you could do it on an iron skillet, I bet. Yeah. That'd work good. Yeah, if you had like a nonstick or a good cast iron skillet, which that cheese shouldn't stick anyway. as much fat's in it. So, but You just picked it up. Put it Dumped on it top. Over it. And as soon as I poured it over it, like the hotter and the quicker you can do it, that cheese is still real pliable, so it just kind of drapes over that bun or over the burger. Yeah, and then you could spread it and fold it up if you want to or whatever. It was a good one. That's a smart yeah. application, you know. I mean, burger is just a burger, man. It's so good. Like They are. You go back to the old traditional burger. Well, I got – so my daddy, when I was a kid, did not like seasoning, period. Like, you was doing good if you got some Lowry's on anything. And it was like a <laughs> teaspoon, if that. So we kind of persuaded him over the years. But I mean, I remember when I was a kid, like, you cooked that burger to dust come out of it. <laughs> I mean, it was – and I was like, man, yeah. I'm not a fan of a burger, you know. <laughs> but little do you know, if you pull it off like 30 minutes sooner, it's pretty yeah, good. Pretty good. <laughs> Juicy, yeah. Well, so uh, what grill do you remember cooking burgers on as a kid? Or what did y'all, y'all have anything? Oh, yeah. We had uh, my uncle, and I guess it was just my uncle at the time, worked at Dover Elevator. Of course, he was a welder, had metal for days. And they all made, the guys that worked at Dover all made a bunch of grills, and it was just like kind of like a, a standard overgrown park grill. Had a big dome lid. There was no vents to adjust, no fire. It was just on. Coals you know, go right in the Coals go right in the bottom. And that's what we grew up cooking on. I mean, I think we still have that grill at our deer camp. Right really? Now. And I mean, this weighs 300 pounds. Yeah, it ain't, yeah. it ain't going to rust away, but I remember having that. And then of course, I think we went through some Home Depot gas grills about every year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you had a gas grill and you had the old bottle of just greasy water beside it to put the fire out every time you cook burgers. <laughs> but uh, I remember just the old charcoal grill burger on a Weber. That's just what I remember my dad cooking on. Was, we never had. And a it Weber may not have been a Weber. It may never not have been a Weber brand, but it was definitely a kettle grill. You know, 
But I remember when we got a, my mom bought him a Weber one year. I was a kid living in Arkansas then. You know, we got a Weber. I thought that was the coolest thing. I had that Weber forever. It was just the old standard one touch, I guess. I don't know if they called it the one touch back then. But I can remember. Those grills are, I said those grills are probably cooked more burgers in the United States than any other grill. Just because there's so many of them in people's backyards, you know? I can remember. It's been years ago. I mean, I was a grown, but I mean, it's been several years ago. We was at a buddy of mine's house and he was going to cook burgers for us. And he went out there and he put them on, come back in, you know, and 15 minutes go by. And I'm like, hey, man, you want to go out there and check on these burgers a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I guess I do need to go out there. And like, he ain't even flipped them yet. And they were done. So he flipped it. I was like, okay. And I went in there and told him, I was like, get you something to drink. It's going to be dry. <laughs> Where's the mayonnaise? <laughs> you know, and about another 15 minutes go by, we go back out there. He said, well, I guess I'm going to put the cheese on it. And I'm like, Please put something on it. Like, <laughs> you didn't turn them into charcoal, right? Time we got them in there, I mean, I promise you, they weren't much bigger than an Oreo, you know? I mean, it was, oh, man, what do you think about the burger? Man, it's good, man. It's good burger. You can't, you can't tell them? Heck no. <laughs> you got to be nice most of the time. You ate the chips and dip. I know how that was. Oh, the chips were moist compared to that burger. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, you, you appreciate a good medium, medium red burger for sure. So y'all have a crawfish workshop coming up next weekend yeah we do and that's what that's what we're doing here at the shop here in hernando me and mark are gonna i guess we're, we're capping it at 30 people i don't know if we'll get all 30 or not but we could do no more than 30 just from the size and we don't yeah. want to be able to socially distance yeah. as much as we need to but we're going to do our recipes for cooking crawfish show people how we do it and really, it's an excuse to eat some crawfish and drink some beer. So. Yeah. <laughs> so right now, I'm batting a 1,000. I've had crawfish every weekend since we decided. Since crawfish season? Yes. Yeah. Are you going to so, have it this weekend? I'm going to figure out a way. You got to cook two <laughs> sacks tomorrow. Right? I got to cook two sacks, but that ain't counting because yeah, I, I can't eat, eat all those. Them. Yeah. But I've had fun. I mean, we were talking about that the other day. You know, when we first started cooking crawfish together, I mean, we had a solid recipe, but it ain't remotely it ain't close to yeah, what we're cooking yeah. now. No. Every time you get flavor in them, and once you learn, you know, once you learn how to do that, control your pots, and you learn how to soak them, and what what it actually does when you put certain ingredients in there, and the flavor you get to them, and how clean the crawfish yeah. turn out. I mean, that's been the biggest thing too. Is I remember cooking years ago when we used to have our little crawfish party. We'd cook four or five sacks, and by the time you got to that four sack, your water was brown. Yeah, and we thought we were cleaning them, you know, putting the salt on them and filling them up with water. Now, I never did do the salt. <laughs> I, I never did. We always just had two like closed baskets with holes in them. We just yeah. lost them around, pour the water out, and that's what we used. To, or I'd use a strainer in the pot. But it, it's funny because you know we done that video together this year at my channel, and you know you always get the comments that ain't how you do it. This ain't this. I'm like, man, it's crawfish. Like that's a that's a open you know canvas for whatever you want to do. I mean, cook a crawfish you like, but I learn something every time I see somebody else do it. Yeah, I mean, I've I watched a ton of crawfish videos, and it's never a video that I was like, man, that's a pretty good idea, you know. And you always bring in little ingredients you see from other people, bring it to your pot, and make it your own, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've learned a ton. Oh, we yeah. still learn. Like the crawfish we cooked last year aren't the crawfish we cooked this year. That's right. These yeah. this year have been excellent. Mm -hmm. I mean, the flavor, the from from having it all in the tail and then the juices in the head. Uh, that's where the flavors at yeah. to me. And once you get that right and you don't overcook them, they're mushy and they tail out. You don't even have to pull the little first section off. You can just, you know, bite them, squeeze them. They come right out of the tail. That's when they're perfect. Those I cooked last weekend has been the best ones this year. And a lot of it too, they were the perfect size crawfish. That's They weren't little bitty and they weren't them huge ones. Yeah, so, I don't like the monster ones. No. I mean, everybody says, oh, look how big these are. You don't want those. You can't peel them. Shell so hard on them. They don't, you don't get you no don't, flavor in them. Juice out of the head. You'd see that video the dude on, was doing on TikTok the other day was just eating the crawfish whole. Mm -mm. He cooked a pot of crawfish, and he just ate shell and all. Nope. Head this is how you eat them. It started with the head and claws. That's the first thing he went in his mouth. He just chewed them up. Didn't even spit it out. Crunchy. Mm. That ain't the part that bothers me. It's the next part that's coming that's going to bother me with that yeah. shell. Oh, man. Yeah, imagine what that does to your insides, man. It's got to – I can't imagine. There ain't enough – there ain't enough stuff in you to break it mm -mm. down, I wouldn't think. It's got to come out. That shell survives in some of the worst environments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. going to survive one more time. Oh, man. I know one thing. That's It'll terrible. clog a, a garbage disposal up real quick. It does. <laughs> don't it? Yeah. Nothing worse than that. How do you know that, shell? You know, that's the worst <laughs> part about crawfishing to me is, is dealing with 
the aftermath. The aftermath, yeah. All the the shells and everything that's left over. And man, you talk about it when it starts like right now in the springtime, it's still cool at night. It ain't that bad. But let it get up here another month and we still got crawfish and it's eighty degrees at night. So, it starts festering in those garbage cans. You gotta haul it off. You gotta do something with it. At my old job, we got we had a big crawfish party and it was May. It was getting toward the late of the you know, late of the season. And I got a fifty five gallon drum with a clamp on lid. And I told him, I was like, this is what we're putting all the crawfish in. We're putting the lid on it. We're sealing it shut. I said, I'll haul it to work, put it in our big dumpster. We don't have to worry about it. So we did. So it was five, six sacks of crawfish heads and tails in this drum, put the lid on it, sealed it shut, threw it in the back of my truck. That was on Saturday. Monday, take it to work, roll it out of my truck into the big dumpster. Well, I didn't pay any attention. I mean, it's 100 degrees outside in Memphis. I mean, it's hot. A couple days go by. They forgot to pick up our dumpster, so it goes another week. No big deal. So when they do that, we take an excavator and smush all the garbage down to make more room. Compact it. Yeah. So our shop was probably 50 or 60 yards from this dumpster, and I see the yard guy out there, and he's smushing. I never thought about it. About that time, he comes out of the excavator, and he's like, it's something dead in this dumpster. <laughs> he thought there's a body in there, didn't he? He done busted that drum. Oh, man. And I'm pretty sure it done blowed up like a balloon in that drum, you know. <laughs> it's under pressure. And we were sitting there, and I looked at the guy that went to the crawfish party with me, and I was like, that's it. Like, you would smell it. Like, as soon yeah. as he done, 50 yards, it was like on us. And I was like, man, what is that smell? And I'm like, I don't know what it is out yeah, there. I don't know what that is. I have no idea. Who would have done that? Yeah. Who would have put a bunch of crawfish? You could not put anything dead in that dumpster smelt that bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, man. There's nothing worse. Now you had the seafood. I tell you what, we used to go pick up at off the dock seafood in Memphis, Ooh. and you'd have to go around back sometimes to go up into the, the wheel call thing. We're man pork. Yeah. yeah, but the the I guess they would whatever they were cutting fish or the remains or if they had something go out or anything went wrong went in this dumpster out back. Man, <laughs> I've never smelled none of that. I don't know how you work there around it. There ain't enough money in the world Even for me the, to mess up to work around that dust. Well, they're on empty it or something. Even out. on the inside, you could smell it. <laughs> yeah, you know? it was Can bad. you imagine like going home and smelling like oh, that? Oh, no. You couldn't get it out. I mean, those guys must get immune to it or something. Didn't you have the garbage people like say they wasn't going to pick your garbage up that year? Yes. After we cooked crawfish at <laughs> your house? So we did one, but you know, you got the rollout dumpsters at, at, at home, but we had bought like it's a. It wasn't a 55-gallon one, but it was a little rollout one. It yeah. was like a mini rollout one that had a lid that come off. So we packed. That's well, the where, plan was just to you know fill that one up and then pull the bag, bag out yeah. and then put it over in the big one so they'd pick it up. Well, it we so filled cool. it up so much, it was just to the top. I don't know how much crawfish we cooked, but all of it went in there. <laughs> and so we said, we'll roll this out to the end of the street. And you know they'll pick it up. And they pick, Well, no, they won't pick that up. <laughs> And so it's set out there. For they left week. us a note. They yeah. left us a note saying they wouldn't pick it up. Where, what do we end up doing with that? I, we picked it up and dumped it over in the two of us got a hold of it and dumped it over in the regular garbage. And that that was a disaster. Uh, <laughs> that thing was there's rotten. been several times we did the drive by Walmart dumpster. Like, pull behind Walmart. All right, nobody's looking. <laughs> dump it. Oh, Malcolm good dumpsters are to find, man. You find your good secret spot. <laughs> Malcolm used to hit up the car wash. Well, I mean, so I didn't want to put all, when you're getting when you're doing contests every week, you end up with all this trim, and, and it's the worst. And it gets rotten in your house. I mean, I've had buzzards circling the house before. You got the, in June and July contest, it gets hot out there, and you got those meat trimmings in there, and the, the garbage picks up on Tuesday. You trim meat on Wednesday, so it's got to make it a week. <laughs> you know, it is rotten. So I learned, you know, you probably need to find a a friendly dumpster that's, that don't mind a little extra. Mm. They pick up those more regularly than my house, I guess. You hope they do. You told yourself they did. <laughs> I think he says friendly dumpster yeah. that don't mind. <laughs> I know somebody used to use a city park. That's plum terrible. A city to do park. That. Yeah. Oh, man. They'd have the big dumpster like where you walk into the gate of the city park. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Oh man! I have somebody that's done I have that put too. like a deer carcass in the in the trash can in the car wash before. <laughs> like, we, we cleaned it, got all the meat off of it. It was just, it just yeah. You lucky you didn't make the news. Just put it one. off in the car wash, <laughs> garbage can. Can you imagine somebody poor guy? That? Yeah, old hoof hanging out the yeah. Oh, it was. You know, the head was still on it. Was, uh... mm. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get banned on that one. That's so, probably why they had cameras to car washes now. It was, it was in my truck. I was cleaning my truck out and ready to wash it. I just had to get rid of it. How long had it been in your truck? I don't know. Weekend. It wouldn't. I mean, I just didn't have. A, I mean, I guess I could have 
found a hole or something, dumped it off in somewhere. But I'd cleaned it in my driveway. It was one of those. <laughs> we rigged up the deer cleaning rack. And the, it was like an old tent frame, like those pipe tents. Oh, yeah. we, we got us a winch, and we made it to where we could back up the truck and winch them up in the driveway and clean them right to the neighbors and all watching. Not at, not at our current house. This was, no. That no. probably wouldn't go over over there. That was actually my mom and dad's driveway. They, yeah. I don't think we ever did that. We always make a good impression on neighbors. We always do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't need neighbors too close. So y'all have been doing a um, new thing called Out the Smoke. We've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's been a while. Yeah. we, so start, we how, many, how many deep are we in now? We've done... Have we released eight of them, Tyler? Oh, yeah. Or more? <clears throat> We're on 12. 12. We're on yeah. 12? And wow. you've got four more fixing to really about to release. We've been doing four-month mark. I think so. We, we pick one day a month, and we'll we'll knock out you know four of them, and it's kind of a way to have fun. That's the way I look at it. I enjoy it. It's something different. It's not cooking. It's more reviews or takes or- Full Malcolm or- Yeah. So Whatever yeah. we can come up with it's that we think is fun to do. So one y'all did was a sous vide test. Sous vide versus. Oh yeah, that Fargo was the full. Street. That was the full me. He couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So what? What's the deal? You, you gonna try that one again or something? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think I think hey, you can pick them out. It ain't just me. Yeah, no, I picked it out. Then it wasn't, and it too. To give the benefit of the doubt to the sous vide is like you know a, steaks don't cook the same anyway. And B, I think we could have went longer on because that steak, like I've had a sous vide steak sometimes, and you're like, man, that's pretty tender. That one never got tender, like at all. It was just a Kroger steak, yeah. too. It wasn't fancy. I mean, it wasn't a bad steak. It was still good. I wouldn't yeah. turn it down. But. So the, the deal was you sous vide a steak mm-hmm. and then finished it on the grill, and then Malcolm just did a regular char-grilled steak. No, I, co- I cooked cook both, both of them. them. Malcolm left. and Yeah, I didn't get to see them. It was like kept me. I went to work. Yeah. And then, Everybody's like, oh, he was just behind the camera. No, legit, Malcolm left. Like, he was gone. So Then I came back when it was time to try. And I even picked the better of the two to sous vide. Yeah. But, <laughs> no. I mean, the sous vide steak was good. I can just tell a difference. I could tell. And then one that's too. been cooked the whole way over charcoal. I think I think it's vacuum. A texture, it's a texture thing. Yep. I think vacuum sealing kills it. I think if you were to just drop it in a bag and get it in the water and get the air out, it would do a lot better. Have you done that before? Mm-mm. Really? You always vacuum seal them? Well, I think vacuum sealing is just kind of like... Some people just pin them and kind of hang Right, over just them. let them hang. I think you run into a situation where that vacuum on that meat that long is pulling stuff out. It has to. I mean, it's... In the pressure a, on yeah. it. Yeah. yeah it's not a it? natural state for that steak to be in. Could you do it without pulling, you know, without doing it tight? You could. I think you're better off just like you were talking about. If you just let the water push all the air out, just let it sink, and then clip it on the side of the, the bowl or whatever or container. You, yeah, and that's how most people do them, right? They, it would do better. Yeah, I don't know in a restaurant setting if they if they actually seal them or not. Do you, I think they do. You ever seen them do it, Tyler, in a steakhouse? No, I have not. Not sous vide. Yeah, I, but, I imagine. I don't know how they do it, uh, but I, I imagine they're they got them in there circulating some kind of way. As far as looks, you couldn't tell them apart. No. Um, Doneness, I thought would be like the dead giveaway. I thought you definitely like sous vide was going to be a perfect cook, but they were both identical. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, you still, even though you're already at that temp, you're still having to leave it on that grill a little bit longer because I wanted to get the same grill marks to where you couldn't tell them apart. And, I mean, they both look exactly the same. Yeah. So I don't know. There's a place for sous vide. I ain't like diehard against it. I just don't think it's as good as no. a steak that's been – charred the whole time over some some good coal. Yeah. When you're in I a mean, restaurant, you're, yeah, and you're cooking ch- a ton of steaks. When you're in a restaurant, you're going to choose the char grilled over the sous vide. Oh, any yeah. Day. yeah. And I, I really don't, I don't make it a point to ask them. I can tell when I order it if they've done it, but based you know, on the lit, on the menu. Yeah. And I think too. I mean not not based on the menu, just, just kind once of you the texture it. of the steak. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people say like it's great for a thicker cut like if you're doing a big 2-inch tomahawk or something. But to me, man, it's not going to be the reverse sear. Like you yeah. put it on that pit at two hundred and just let it come up slow. You're doing the exact same yep, thing. That's right. I mean, I, I mean, I, I see why people want to do it. It's a controlled way to for them to nail chicken, the doneness. Chicken's excellent. And, and to me, where it really shines is the lesser cuts yeah. too. Like you take a a cheap like old flat iron or something, and you put it in sous vide and cook it towards tender as a fillet. I don't. You're not going to be able to do that on a grill. You know, you've done a brisket. Yeah. How long did you do a brisket in a 72 hours. 
Okay. We might need to do that. Uh, no, that's not. I mean, it's out the smoke because it's in the water. <laughs> we in the <laughs> water. See today. what a seventy-two hour brisket would be like compared to. Now, granted, that show was, up with the full blown smoke brisket. So we have a fully cooked smoke brisket the way we do them, and then we bring out the sous vide. And then what do you do at the end? So you just so that was it up? well. See, that was the. I don't know how you do that because that was a medium rare brisket, seventy-two hours. I said, well, I just want to compare the difference. I'm like, this is how this is how we'd barbecue brisket. This is how you'd smoke one. Yeah, and this is how one would be sous vide. You could cook it to a different doneness or whatever. Do they eat good? I mean, is there you know what? This was a comparison. Like this was an A nine from Kevin that I had a flat that I can't remember if I used the point. I I can't remember how I ended up with just a flat, but I had just a flat and trimmed it up like normal. Like removed most of the fat. And put it in a vacuum seal bag, put butter, rosemary, garlic, shallots, like anything that would be good on beef in it, vacuum sealed it, dropped it in there, put it in a cooler, put the lid on it. And I think it was three days later, three days later, I think, because I'd done it for Christmas and then pulled it out, patted it dry, let it rest for a minute and then put it on a PK with no grates and just charred it, flipped it a few times. So you just got some brown and some color on the mm-hmm. outside once it was done, done. What color was it when you pulled it out? Gray? Oh, it was well, it was horrid. Yeah. yeah, like grayish tan. <laughs> now the inside was still perfect, medium rare. Like I sliced it, and it was red through and through. Was it like because the fat don't break down, right? The fat gets to where it's it doesn't look like it's rendered, but it has the texture that it's rendered. If that makes sense, like you know how a lot of times, like on the edge of a steak, how that really good fat's almost translucent. It doesn't get that translucent as much, but it still melts. Like as soon as it touches your tongue, it melts. And that could be a lot to do with A9 too, though. Yeah. So, but it was as tender as a filet. It was packed full of flavor. It didn't have a lot of grill or smoke. I mean, it had a little bit, but it was a really, really good prime rib. You know, I yeah. would consider it. So that. it ate more like prime rib yeah. doing it like that? An overgrown filet. I mean, you could literally cut it with a spoon. Really? I'd like to do that with I, like I a choice one. That. See what a choice one turned out. <clears throat> we could do it. Or ch- have you done a chuck roast? CV and see what it did. Mm-mm. Jay has Jay Durbin. He's yeah. done a couple of them. He said, "Does he so, grill them at the end?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does a medium rare, and he said it was good. I mean, it like you say, it has its place. Is it going to compete with a regular grilled steak? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. ribeye's too good. Just yeah, it's just ribeye. something. I, I think it's just kind of a fad. People like playing with it. It's something to do. I mean, yeah. it's the reason if we got ten or twelve grill, smokers. We like yeah, them all. That's right. One other thing y'all did was the pineapple tenderizing steak. Oh yeah, where we took the was that a, was those ribeyes we did? Mm-hmm. No, nah. three different methods of tenderizing. Like, yeah, one was, was control. We didn't do anything to one. We did a salt test on, put it in salt, rinsed it off, and the other one we I pureed pineapple like fresh pineapple, and we put it in there. And uh, it was ribeyes. I don't remember how long we let them sit. That's been a while. It was an was hour. It, was it one hour each? Yeah, Forty five minutes or an hour. And then we washed it all off, and then we cooked them all the same. And the pineapple steak was noticeably more tender. I mean, the pineapple worked on yeah. the meat. It did taste a little bit like a little pineapple. sweet flavor. I didn't yeah. like it. You didn't Just like because the, of the pineapple on the steak. The salt it. one the was flavor, tender yeah. and had the most beef flavor, but it would get salty on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the control was plain. So I seen where the Guga food guy, yeah, he done carbonated water. And he said it was more tender than pineapple or anything he's ever used. Really? And like, it was, uh, like poured it straight out of the mm-hmm. bottle? Straight carbonated water, no flavor, no nothing. Put it in a thing, covered it, and like literally once he covered it, it was just like bubbling the whole time. Just bloop, 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 bloop. Working on that. Mm-hmm. But he said, I mean, everybody come back and said that was the most tender. We got to try it. Yeah, try it. We got to try it. That would be a good out the smoke. Yeah. He does. I tell you, he does some pretty sharp stuff that like oh, yeah. thinks yeah. way outside the box and it works. He's always doing experiments. Yeah. He's the one that did those eggs you like. Mm-hmm. You want to try the grated cured eggs. Cured eggs. Yeah. I want to do that so bad. Still hadn't done it. The other one you did, or um, you cooked ribeyes on a salt block. That was a I hit. was really impressed with it. the salt block. I was I was expecting it to be salty, mm-hmm. and it wasn't at all. In fact, I think it needed a bump when we did it because you did it. We didn't see you didn't season right. any salt on it. We just because, put steak and chop. Yeah. And then we did another one against it to see what it was like. And the salt block one was, it got such the a crush sear so on it. That's what made it so good. It was better than a cast iron sear to me. And too, with that salt. I agree. Yeah. It's really hard for anything to stick to it. 
you know, because the whole time it's cooking, it's gradually eroding that salt away. So it's pulling it off. So it really, I mean, I've had one, like we done one at the house where we put a little bit of rub, I had sugar in it and it did stick. But if you go straight, nothing, no sugar, salt, pepper, garlic, nothing else, it's such a good crust. Yeah. Yeah. I think it puts as good a sear on it as cast iron does. I was impressed with that. I didn't know how it was going to work. I've never used one of those, but for cooking a steak on it on a grill, man, it was so, that was good. We did, I, we did that on that little PK goat, didn't we? It got hot. Because we reviewed that, too. <laughs> it got real hot. Was that one of our first reviews? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, we've talked yeah, about that. Yeah. We sacrificed the table for that video. <laughs> it yeah. bubbled the table, didn't it? So I carried the That's su- what happened to that table. I yeah. knew we had another table around here. It wasn't me. It didn't ruin it. Like You can still use the table. It just yeah, it's bubbled. just textured. It won't roll off that side. Yeah, I think we've still been using it. So we took the salt block home that weekend after that, and that's when we had those Japanese A5s. And I used it to sear those, and little dummy me, I was like, well, I'll just put the salt block over my gas eye on my stove. And, you know, I'll, you know, it's got like a tray in it, so I was like, it ain't going to be fine. had a grease fire. Like, I didn't realize my salt block had a small little crack in it, so all that A5 grease was just running through that crack right on the burn. I'm like, I smell something. And I slid it back, and I was like, holy crap. It was on fire. <laughs> but it's seared at A5, though, like really Did you good. cut it, like, did you sear it as a whole steak, or did you cut it in strips? I cut it in strips and done individual. Yeah. And it was, it was pretty neat to do it that way. It was good. Yeah. That's so. That's a good know, application for that salt block. We right? did. What do we do? It's on the story when I did that Japanese A5? Was, uh, I did I it on the egg. We made a video and put it on, like, IGTV. Yeah. So I did it on the egg. And the same way. You know, but I seared it on the outside as a whole piece of steak, and then we cut it up. I tried it like that. It was good. But what shined is when you took it inside and put it on the cast iron and just hit to get some sear on the actual each little individual strip. And pop it with a pinch of salt. God, it was so good. It would hurt you. You would get so you get sick eating it. I mean, it was. We did. We did. Yeah. <laughs> no, I called I you that night. I said, "What are you doing?" You're like laying here. <laughs> <laughs> you all right? No. no. <laughs> What's wrong with you? We ate that steak. Okay. It was one steak too. You would not think one steak would hurt a man like me. <laughs> oh, you were down. What's she doing? Way. She's laying down. She's laying down too. Oh, I was eating yogurt. I was doing anything you think drinking. Of. Y'all were drinking pickle juice. I called. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. That's a pickle juice trying to. It was, it I was like it. It's a good one. You only time need thing. an ounce. Yeah. yeah. If you go to a restaurant and you see it and you want to try it, just get an ounce. Yeah. Don't get the steak. Don't spend the money. And- to me, it you're losing so much of that meat flavor. It don't it's, taste like steak. No, it don't taste like steak at all. And I'm like Shell, like it's the best bone marrow yeah. taste you can get. That's kind of what it, that's the best way to describe it, really. It has that richness of yeah. it to where it's just, it, it's basically meat. Or fat that's got meat strands in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not meat with fat strands. And I'd have to say, well, that night we cooked a dry steak. We cooked the Australian A9 ribeye, and then we cooked that. That A9 was so good. Rib, the ribeye? The, yeah, the, the ribeye. The, the Australian mm-hmm. A9. And, I mean, it was marbled up good, but you still had that good beef, good steak flavor. And, man, it, yeah. was, it was hard to beat it's, that. It's, it's still hard for me just to get away from a good – American certified Angus beef brand or good prime, you know, different, you know, like Creekstone or yeah. something like that steak. I mean, it's more beef that's, flavor. That's the essence. That's the beef that I know. I mean, the Wagyu stuff's great. Don't get me wrong. It's it's good, but it just don't really compare to like when you think of you're eating a piece. Uh, to me, steak dinner is like American as it gets, you know. Yeah. But when you go to add these other ones, it's just something different about them. There's a little different flavor. I mean, it's good, but it's not the same. We, uh, I guess it was the other night we were going to do chicken fried rice and I had that grill of flat top, you know, we were cooking on it and I was like, man, I got them Denver steaks and they were huge. They were beautiful. Seasoned them with a little bit of salt, put them on there and like, didn't even give them any attention. Just was like doing other things. I flipped them, checked them. They about 120, pulled them off. No big deal. Cut them up, had them off the side. Well, Emily just come in from work. She walked by and she grabbed one, threw it in her mouth and she was halfway across the kitchen and she stopped in her tracks. She's like, what is that? And I said, that's Denver cut. She's like. That's that's it. Like she really? said, that's so good. And she's like she likes ribeyes, but she don't like them as much as I do. She really have a fillet or something like that. And she went back. She was like, that's that's the best I've ever ate. And so she, was that Australian? Mm-hmm. It was. But it's kind of like a flat iron. It's got more of that beefy note, almost like a sirloin. Yeah, it's like the best of both worlds. And it's it's a shoulder cut, right? That's mm-hmm. where it comes from too. That's how the I guess how the chucks. It's. I really don't know. I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. 
It's cut, it's cut out of the shoulder. It's like the very front portion, right, right in front of the short ribs. Ain't it? It's between the shoulder and short rib, yeah. I think. I think that would be kind of that chuck area up there. But I've got some of those that I need to cook in the freezer, too. Um, you also did one on how to trim St. Louis-style spare ribs. A little tutorial there. I think that's something that's helpful. I think we take that for granted. Because, I mean, there's a ton of questions out there as far as how to take a whole spare, cut it down. I mean, the you benefits can't cook to it. it, just whole. Yeah, I mean, it's I a like good it rib. Way, yeah, salt, pepper. That's old school ribs. Mm-hmm. You cook them with the breastplate still attached, <laughs> the rib tip still on it. That's old school. You got to have coals underneath it. Got a little vinegar. Coal. Yeah, got to have a mopping sauce. Got to have some grill. red skin sausages on the grill inside <laughs> it. A couple half chickens. Yeah, some half chickens. But no, I thought the one reason why I wanted to show that is because it's a way for people to save money. Because you can buy those whole spare ribs cheaper than you can the St. Louis cut ones. Plus, you get the whole rib tip that are great for you know. I, I love smoking those right along with them, and them they're good. Beans. Yeah, they're great for they're great for all kinds of stuff. I mean, you can use them to season stuff. They're great to eat. I like just cooking them whole like a slab of ribs and then putting a cleaver on them, chopping them into about you know two or three inch pieces, and that's a good eating piece of meat. You got to deal with the little cartilage, but yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's juicy and tender. There's a lot of good stuff around that Heck cartilage. Yeah. You don't mind picking at it, which I don't. Gnawing on it. Nope. Beats pig feet. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that yet. You don't know that I yet. Don't know that yet. But, but I, I but think that was that would a, be a safe assumption. But that was a good little quick uh, demo we did on how to how to break those down, take the membrane off of them, all that good stuff. We did another one. We raced to take the membrane off. Me and Aaron, that, that one. That was the next one. Does that one drop? Who it? won? I can't oh. tell you. <laughs> I already know who won. You know Mark won. <laughs> well, I don't do anything fast. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm racing. He was upset yeah, was about it. He kept calling me Minuteman after that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not known for your speed. I'm not known for my speed. I'm a low and slow guy. <laughs> you can look at me and tell. Never, nobody ever said, look at that guy. He looks fast. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty good one there. Uh, Y'all also did a thing about how to take care of your wood cutting boards, which is very important. A lot of people, I mean, I didn't know how to take care of a wood cutting no, board. No, but you know that cutting board I did that demo with was the, the one you gave me for Christmas when we first started doing videos probably 12 years ago or longer. It's, I don't know how, how it's been. No, it's been 11 years. Yeah. That's how old that board is, and I've taken care of it that same way. I never, never really, you know, put any kind of chemicals, cleaners on it. I just wash it off with good warm water and use salt and lemon, scrub it, recondition it with the board oil. I mean, it's super easy to do if if you'll just take the time to to put your board up. I do know this. I will say, do not leave a cutting board like that outside overnight, especially if it's going to rain because we have one of ours. Now, I don't know. That was one someone maybe have given me or something. I don't know how we yeah. got it. And I used it to take pictures. Like, I'd put products on it and take product pictures of. And so, but it and stayed out overnight on the out. bar. And then Swallowed we went like we, a sponge. Well, we went out of town for the weekend. And we come back. And it was, like, warped and split. And it done went through. It looked like, yeah. it looked like hell. It was I, I made the mistake of, like, doing the normal cleaning process. But I didn't think I had a towel on my counter. And I yeah. just laid it on the towel to let, kind of let it sit out. Yeah. I didn't realize the moisture in that tile, oh, yeah. and it pulled all of it out and ruined the bottom of that board. Yeah. You, you don't gotta, see it on the top. You got to you got to give it some air to uh, like yeah. we, even when I oil them, I try to put it on something that's going to have some airflow underneath it. Shish kebab sticks, it yeah, work those really work great. Yeah, anything you can do to to kind of stack. No it metal because I got a ring on the bottom of mine. I put it on one of those little pot caddies. And just yeah, hold it up Trim and it it put there. a rusted ring Dang. all the way around it. I try not to wash it as much as possible. I only wash it wash it as needed. Wipe it down real good. But if you've you know if you don't put anything raw on it ever, yeah. And I don't want wood. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. wood board's not for raw trimming to me. It's for finished products. But if you just cut a couple steaks on it, I'll just take it in, and wipe it down real good. Yeah. You know? A lot of that meat juices gets in there hey, too. Yeah. It's season, season it. it. The best thing you can do for boards break down some butts on them. Then wipe <laughs> all that juice, man. It'd be conditioned good. Best thing you do for cast iron is uh, cook sausage balls. <laughs> yeah, sausage balls and cast iron pan. Those season went awesome. What was your favorite out to smoke video, Shell? You're asking a lot of questions. I'm going to turn it around. You know which one I liked? Um, and is the uh, Girl Greats on the air fryer? That's what I was fixing to say. That's what I was fixing to say. 
Um, I thought it was a great video just because y'all were kind of having fun with it. But also the pork chop. I was shocked really about how good those yeah. were. Pork chop was good. I was like, this ain't going to work. You know, you couldn't do this. You could. You could You could grill, get some grill marks on something inside. I mean, it ain't going to taste like it's charcoal grilled, but it's, it's pretty it's good, good. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think the video showed as much as like how hot we could actually get those grates. Like we could have left a lid on it and they even got hotter, you know, and once we yeah. cooked on it, we cooked them other couple and they really put better grill marks on it. It's because that was a brand new, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta cook on a set of grill grates a few times. Get, you gotta get them seasoned just like anything. So once you get them going, we need to, we need to go back, revisit that and cook a steak in it. And we can do it. See what it tastes like. I'm not going to turn it down. I think that gives you a chance too, if you are going to do something, like if you know for a fact I'm fixing to cook in a air fryer. Adjust your seasoning, you know, add a little bit more pepper and a little more garlic and it'll pick up a few more flavors. And yeah, I mean, it's not going to taste like it's on charcoal, but it's going to be better than, you know, most. It'd be better than George Foreman for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's just a whole crazy thing. People are, people are into the air frying. Well, I mean, you got to look how many people live in a duplex or apartment or something that don't have a grill. I mean, that's better not cooking, you know? And I guess they don't have a stove because, yeah. So, if I was going to cook a steak inside, I'm not. I'm not going to run to my air fryer. I'm going to get my cast iron skillet out on top. I'm going to sear it, butter it, do that, then throw it in the oven and let it come up slow. That's how I'm going to do it. That does create a lot of smoke. Did the air fryer create a lot of smoke? No, not really. No, but I mean it's convenient because it's countertop and it's all right there. Like when you sear on cast iron, you better have some ventilation yeah. inside. Or you're going to smoke. You're going to set the fire alarms <laughs> off. I've done it. <laughs> Several times. Several Box times. fan in the window. Yeah. Draw it out. But there's something to be said about old filet seared on cast iron and then finished off in the oven. Um, the last one I'm gonna ask you about is the dry age test. <laughs> so how a, did that work? That was a fail. I would not do that. That is a waste of a good piece of meat. I mean, take it I, I'm just not a fan. It's like the suit. I'm not a fan of dry age, Mark. Are you? I've had it to where I'm like, you know, that's pretty good. Like I've done like a ribeye, like a certified Angus beef, like six bone cut ribeye. And it was good. Now, was it good enough to me waste 30 days and do all this? And eh. even at a steakhouse, are you going for the dry age option? Or are you going for, I don't know that I ever paid attention. I'm not, I'm not paying for somebody to dehydrate my meat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all they're doing. They're just letting it, killed it age that out. Loin. And t- it I mean, killed they say, that oh, it, you know, it intensifies the flavor because it's breaking down. No, you're letting it dry out. You're taking moisture out of it. There was no comparison of those two fillets. No I comparison so either. I mean, that was just a. And to me, the texture yeah. wasn't that good. I want to, no. you know, I just. No, it was like turkey. Yeah, I don't think you had, you know. And two, I'm no professional dry ager. Like, I'm sure we'll get shamed oh, for that. Yeah. I don't mean, we were just doing what we thought. Hey, this is right. what direction said do. And it just wasn't. It ain't for me. It ain't for me at all. Dry aging. You have that. Now I think you know. If you I do- like a good thirty day eight wet, wet age. Yeah, in the cryovac, letting it loosen up a little bit. But I don't feel like I'm losing moisture at that point. I mean, that I, pick, I feel like zero it's picking up. Moisture. I feel like it's getting more tender. Is what a wet age does. I didn't feel like the dry age makes it more tender. How I, much meat did once you pulled it out of the dry age bag? How much did you have to trim off of it? Half of it. Half of it. I mean, so you I lose would, half. I would say right you're at thirty or forty percent loss. No problem. That's what before you ever cook. Mm-hmm. And see, we left that we left that beef loin whole to try to prevent, you know, to try to give it as much cushion as we could. So when we did trim that pellicle meat or whatever that's called off, we wouldn't lose it much. And I mean, some of that got in there pretty deep. I mean, we were shaving off eighth inch, you yeah. know, of meat. I w- I definitely wouldn't do it for a a tenderloin. A tenderloin, Heck yeah. No. Maybe a big a big roast like a you know I think, a rib roast or something. But I I just wouldn't do it. People, it ain't worth it. I think the people that like it are the people that like that strong blue cheese flavor. To me, cook a good steak and make you a blue cheese sauce. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like do something else. Like I'm not. The trade-off ain't there. Uh-uh. For me, it's not. Give me give me a regular 30-day wet-aged beef. Watch that new Google video. Does he do an aged one too? He done it with a Japanese fungus. And I don't know what it, I don't know what it was. He applied a fungus to a mm-hmm. piece of meat and let it. Mm-hmm. And he done like a week, a dry, two weeks, and a month. A and they they spit the month one out. They were like, <laughs> "Can't do this, rotten." Oh, it was. I mean, it looked terrible. I mean, it was like green and mold black. Fuzzy. And I see. Yeah, I was it a dry application or a wet application? Dry. And it just eh, 
just put some bacteria on her. Yeah. Uh, doing it. What were the last four you guys did that haven't been released? Um, well, pull we did the membrane. The, pull the membrane. We did uh, lump and, you know, just not really the, well, the differences in lump and, and briquettes and where we use them and why. We get a lot of questions on that yeah. for guys starting out. We know? did the Vortex. Yeah. Kind of explained what it was. So the day we filmed these, we rescheduled because <laughs> we were supposed to. It's hard in spring because of rain. We were going to we go outside. that day. Yeah, we were going to go outside and kind of show how the vortex works and all that stuff and the charcoal burn times. But we didn't get to do it. We can always revisit some of that. Yeah. Well, basically, we we're just kind of explaining what what the vortex was, what lump lump and briquette charcoal are, um, what a drum smoker is. We pulled out one of the you know, our gateways and kind of went over how it works and why it works and talk about building a drum, things like that. So we got we got four good ones or more. Educational, yeah, educational, they're more educational, they're more educational. We made the world's largest vortex, that was uh, <clears throat> we did stacked all three of them together. It's a very big vortex. We're gonna we made a smelter, we're gonna see how hot we can get with those. I bet we can make it glow. Oh, yeah, stages that'd be neat. But I mean, it was you that can was stack that up in a drum and then fill it up. Not if you want to keep the paint on your drum, you won't. <laughs> yeah, let's do yours. Yeah, we'll try yours. We'll do one of those old ones. But no, it was a. So they you were stack like small, medium, large. Yeah. yeah, okay. Large, medium, small, and it made it like a, a. Yeah, you put a whole twenty like pound bag project. of charcoal in it. Like, it looked like a science project, and it would get once it got hot. You could see it'd be rocking. Yeah, you have. <laughs> you can see her. <laughs> Definitely, it'd probably burn right through the grill grease. You set them over it. Oh yeah, you don't want aluminum over. But top see, that's that. not really radiating much heat. It's all forcing it out the top. I'm pretty sure that one will radiate. <laughs> you think it would have a choice too? That's a bunch of coal. Yeah. But, but the out to smoke is something that I think we get to be more of ourselves in. Yeah. And kind of just like me and you right now, and and try things, yeah. test things. I mean, I'm still pushing the, hey, about once a month, we're going to see if we can fool them out. And it might be, we might have to bring What's Shell nice? on there, fool her with some mayonnaise. By the way, <laughs> I'm still offended. You won't let me participate in that. The mayonnaise. When yeah, you say off. they might not all be mayonnaise, you've <laughs> disqualified yourself instantly. We were driving down the road, and I'm like, Shell just said, I can't do that. <laughs> I did get her to do the veganaise the other day. It wasn't bad. She it really went, wasn't. I don't believe it. I know. So what's it made from? Tyler, know. it's basically mayonnaise. It's just really without the egg. Yeah. So it's soybean oil, some kind of fake egg or something. Palm oil, all that kind of good stuff. It separates. It's like in the jar, it just a liquid comes up to the top of it. I like sour cream. Yeah, you know sour, sour cream. cream you know what that is, that? don't you? That's all the all the old Chick Fil A packets that's done separate, <laughs> and they just <laughs> squeeze them and put yeah. them in the I wouldn't. Eh, I wouldn't eat it. It wasn't bad. Shell could eat it. Um, I'm just not vegan lifestyle is not for me. I'm a carnivore. <laughs> I need my meat. So eating this impossible meat. Have you ever tried it? Nope. Imagine trying to make a hamburger out of cornmeal. That's what it kind of went to in my mouth. Oh, that's a slug burger. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's flour. It's different flour. Corn. You know how cornmeal kind of raw cornmeal kind of gets that gritty flavor all in your mouth. That's the way that impossible meat kind of breaks down and then. It grows like you ever seen those snakes that you can light on fire fireworks <laughs> down? They just keep growing. That's they the way smell the, it so yeah, bad. The, the from the looks of it, the smell of it, it's fine. But when you put it in your mouth, it's nowhere. It's not good. It's not a good. You experience. were disappointed when you put it in your mouth. Yeah, I was. I was highly disappointed. <laughs> highly disappointed. You had a bias going in. I mean, yeah, he was realistic. It's not meat, but I would. I gave it a try. It was hard to swallow it. The only thing that's. <laughs> I'm probably going to get shame for this. <laughs> uh, the only thing that I know of in life that is fake but still good is though imitation crab meat. <laughs> I thought you were going to say boo. It's not. It's uh, not I mean, hold on. <laughs> they call it crab. It's really like shark meat or some kind of white fish usually. But it's not bad. Or it could be ray. I've heard they <laughs> – no, that's what they do with scallops. Yeah, that's not bad. I seen some the other day. I what about remember. imitation bacon? Have you ever had that, like bacon bits when they used to be on salad bars? Oh, those are terrible. The They're, They're like eating rocks. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something else, an imitation or turkey bacon. No yeah, go. I can't go turkey bacon. What about imitation cheese? Is nacho cheese considered Oh, that stuff's great. <laughs> I, yeah, <love> <laughs> I did buy the vegan cheese, and 
it, that was bad. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's just not for me, man. <laughs> not for me. I can't remember. I'm not knocking anybody that likes it or lives off of it. I'm, I know why they're pissed, people. <laughs> I know Stay why. angry. I know. <laughs> Eat some real cheese. It'll change your attitude. Talking about cheese, when me and Emily first got married, she is, okay, backstory on Emily. Y'all probably already know this, but if she goes to the grocery store and there can be 20 brands that are same price, she's going to buy the one that says great value just because. <laughs> like, Even if they it's can be, yeah, $2 for a block of cheese, I'm buying great value. And I it despise it. Like I just want just give me some cheese, like some good cheese. That's all like I ask. Yeah, You're not even asking I don't even for care. Expensive, yeah. Not out of the cheese. It can be market. singles. I don't care. <laughs> so we're gonna cook burgers. You know, I, we just got married, got in our house. I was like, man, we're cooking out. Weather's nice. So she brings some great value sliced cheese. Okay, well we'll let it. Have, you know that'd be fine. Went out there, put it on the burger. Close the lid, went back, got something to drink, come back, open. I was like expecting to see melted cheese, and it looked just like it did, like it just square flat, <laughs> like it wouldn't melt. It never drooped. No, you cannot melt that cheese. Really? She's I like, why is this cheese like old. this? I'm like, I hope you eat it. Like that's your cheese. <laughs> think of what it's gonna do inside. You. Yeah, it's coming out the same way. Is Velveeta imitation cheese? Because I like some Velveeta. Yeah, it don't have to be refrigerated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You buy it on the bean aisle over there. Like it's not even close to the rest of the cheese. That's bad when they it's won't so eat. So good. Though. Do you not like Velveeta? I love Velveeta. <laughs> but you know, when the grocery store won't even put it by the rest of the it cheeses, doesn't have to be refrigerated. It's yeah. not real cheese. It's up by it's like a the, processed cheese product. They put it by the That's pasta. <laughs> so what is it? Is it more pasta? Is it more cheese? Uh, I don't know. It's it's good stuff. I know that. Good. Shell hates Velveeta. It's okay. It's just not my favorite, but some nacho cheese. Like the canned stuff? Yes. They don't refrigerate that. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. That's definitely fake. It's got to be. <laughs> so Easter weekend's this weekend. Uh, what plans yeah. do y'all have? I'm cooking. Mark's cooking all kinds of stuff. Yeah. What I got to cook crawfish tomorrow, which is not for me, but we're just cooking them. Passover crawfish? Yep. <laughs> um, probably going to cook some more ribs, get a little bit more practice in. Uh, I'm doing that. I'm cooking. I'm gonna cook some Memphis and ribs on the outlaw patio. I got one of those big Texas style turkey breast out of the freezer. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna do one of them Sunday. How are you gonna do that? Are you doing it Texas style? Uh, are you gonna do like a honey glaze? I'll probably do like a honey glaze, something sweet. And, yeah. I'll tell you, they'll grind and butter. Man, it's good. And then glaze it at the end. Yeah, we'll probably do some kind of like that because I'm cooking it for mama or daddy and them. And so yeah. it's a. Uh, Mammy is not going to eat nothing hot or spicy, so keep, you it, keep it sweet. Yeah, keep it sweet. What about salty? Does she do? Oh, yeah. She'll do some salt. Salt mayonnaise. <laughs> I told Shell that was going to be one of the mayonnaise she has to try. So my grandmother does not believe in squirt mayo. She wants to use a spoon. So Not you, even a butter knife. No, she's <laughs> using a spoon. So when you go to Daddy's and open the mayo, you might find a black-eyed pea. You might find some cornbread. It might be a piece of tomato in there. <laughs> I bring my own mayo when I go to Daddy's. Pretty much a salad. Yes. In the jar. Uh, I hate that. <laughs> and Daddy will, like, sit squirt mayo beside her. She'll get up. Now, she's 94 years old. She'll get up from the table, walk, put the squirt mayo back in the refrigerator, and grab her tub. Jar. <laughs> you got her own one you put a label on? They do. Uh, don't use this one. If you're a guest, <laughs> please do not open this. <laughs> or you may be offended. Yeah. What is this? Are you cooking a ham? I think Daddy is, I think. So I think he's got a little small, like half ham he's going to cook. So. We're doing a brisket. Brisket yeah. and ham for our Easter. Mm, that does sound Oh, the brisket back there. Yeah. It's got some age on it. It ought to be good. It ought to be. <laughs> but it's been in there two weeks. Hey, I like them to go. I like them to go four weeks if I know what a pack date is. Two weeks if I don't. Yeah, <laughs> or at least it starts looking bubbly. Mm. No, it'll be really good. Yeah, it's gonna be real good. What are you cooking it on? Um, I'm probably gonna go overnight on pellet grill. It's too easy. We'll put it on about. I, I gotta know, cook butts Friday night. We'll too. put it on about noon Saturday to eat Sunday oh, yeah. lunch. We got a couple butts sure to cook. Lunch. Or you got some butts on the smoker right now? Some butts. Yeah, I need to go check out. <laughs> on. They're on right now. No, I'm gonna do. I'm cooking a ham too. I gotta get a ham. And, and try to film a video in the morning. I'm gonna do the old bacon wrap donut holes. Who are you? That's you a good. Might as well. Well, we. I gotta. We don't have much time in the morning, so I gotta do something quick. I'm gonna do it, and I might try to squeeze in one more. Try to get ahead because we've been slacking. We've been we've been way behind on videos, but we'll uh, 
hey, I got to, this afternoon, I got to clean my pellet grill. Bad. Like, it's been up all winter just cooking, not touch. It is. Break it down, cook it, degrease it, everything. Yeah, I think I'm going to slide the whole pellet attachment off the side and just get an empty grill and pressure wash it. There you go. Slide it back <laughs> together. Like, it's that bad. How long will that take? How long will it take you to deep clean a pellet grill? Several hours. Yeah, you can probably take it. If I'm going to do it this way, because, like, really, the pellet side, there's nothing to get dirty. You just vacuum it out. But, man, that cook chamber. Pull the auger? Mm-hmm. On on the griller, there's four bolts. If I'm looking at it right, I should be able to pull basically the hopper and everything off, slide the auger out, and then wash it, and yeah. then slide it right back together. I do not recommend anyone <laughs> trying that at home. Yeah, don't pressure wash your pellet grill. But <laughs> <laughs> I cranked it up last night. We cooked some chicken on it. I ran it at 500 till it run out of pellets, just trying to like get everything burnt off, and it, it done pretty good. So shouldn't be too bad. So what y'all got coming up next week? Um, we're ready for the class. We're getting ready for that crawfish class. That's kind of what my week's going to encompass. I've got to do some TikTok videos. Me and Tyler are going to do some Wednesday, I think. Yep. We've got a couple more to release. What do we got still left to release, Tyler? Well, today, as we are filming this, the Impossible Burger will go live, and then there will yeah. be kind of our director's cut version of that going yeah. live probably tomorrow. And I we're supposed think- to do a flaming Dr. Pepper. Yeah, flame and Dr. Pepper, and then we also have the, the pig's feet. Yeah, uh, uh, we're, uh, that's going on TikTok. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just knock that out today. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, uh, no, we're going to come up. We're going to. I'm vetoing that. We're going to come up with something else. We're supposed to do a deviled egg challenge here at the office. Uh, inner office deviled egg challenge. What day is next that? Week. Next week. Yeah, it's just basically bring your best deviled egg. You think you got egg game? Bring it to work. We're all going to judge I can already see shells over just like, how can I cheat at this one? How can <laughs> I cheat at this one? <laughs> I didn't cheat at the last one. Tyler said he's going to do the fried deviled eggs. I've Ooh. had them. Are you going to actually fry them or are you going to do the panko where it, what's, how are you going to do that? No, I'm actually going to fry them. Fry them? Hey. Fry them. I'm going to do a crawfish bowl deviled egg. That sounds good. Every ingredient that's in a crawfish bowl is going to be in that deviled egg. In the egg? Mm-hmm. Are you actually going to like boil the egg in crawfish mm-hmm. bowl? Save some of that liquid. Use that to boil. I bet that'd be good. So we'll do that, and um, probably gonna do like it's gonna be like your standard deviled egg mixture, except I'm gonna do like. So do you hear Jamie talking about? Uh, I think it was Michael Layman that done it. Like he can't eat corn on the cob, so he pulls the wrapper off a can of corn, pokes holes in the lid, drops it off in the crawfish bowl, and then he just pours it. I was like, that's genius. So I'm gonna do that and use that corn and kind of like. Dress it up, and maybe it's like some real orange small. going in double day. It'll be like a couple of kernels on top. Okay. It's gonna be every like red skin sausage, <laughs> crawfish tail. It's gonna I'm be just a, doing a standard. Yeah, okay. Egg. I'm not buying that. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna have cream cheese, cream mushroom soup, cheddar white cheese, chicken chili that's not chili in the top. What else is going in? Sour cream. We got a margarita contest coming up. I'll probably lose yeah. that. Yeah, it'd be I'll hard lose. to put white chicken chili in a margarita. <laughs> win. <laughs> <laughs> I told y'all what I was doing beforehand. Y'all are just sore lasers. We're if y'all are going to get upset every time I win a cooking contest, I'm going to no, just have to go ahead gonna start and saying out. no cheese, <laughs> no cheese or cream of anything in a, in a, in a recipe. I'm going to just have to bow out. All jokes aside, <laughs> it was really good. It was, yeah. No, no like I would take a bowl of that right now. But no, that's what that's what we got coming up next week. On that note, Mark, where can they find you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm out. I'm done. Done with y'all fools. Can't even be on the mayonnaise contest. Now she's kicking me out. (laughs) You can find us at Swine Life BBQ on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, of course. Um, Hadn't got on the Twitter game, or we're on TikTok, but we ain't got nothing on there. But we got friends. (laughs) We got followers. But you need to start doing some TikToks. I know we were talking about that the other day. Just start jumping stuff in your side by side, filming that. That's, that's always a backup plan. Just get you, a, you need to get you a bit hooked up to the back of it. You tow it around to see how fast you can tow it with Just it cooking. It <laughs> Pull up. Rock. So the other day, this off subject, I got side by side grillers. We cleaned. <laughs> we cleaned the BFO after we cooked on it. I guess that's the big freaking outlaw. Yeah, the big outlaw. Though. There's probably some social pictures of it somewhere. So we cleaned it, and I put a fire in it good. Well, then that was when I was on the way back up here to bring it back and put it in the warehouse. <laughs> so I'm going down the road, and I look, and you see it just chooching a little smoke every now. I mean, it was like still running 275 going down the road, like dialed in. Got here, it was sitting on like 200. I'm like, oh, 
let it cool off for a minute. <laughs> it's too hot to put in the yeah, shop. Yeah, I ain't going to put it in the shop just yet. Yeah. But I'm excited. We do have a new outlaw coming for Memphis and May, and the pictures of it don't do it justice. No. It's beautiful. You can't. It's got like this candied apple paint. What'd you call it? What would you call that? It's it has the flake in it, so you get the sparkle. But it's almost like a it's, it's a, candy, like apple a candy, red. candy apple red. Yeah, it is. It's a better looking red than that Townsend trophy over there. That's kind of like a fire engine red. It's more of a. It's a. It looks good. It looks really good. Yeah. It's like that pig butt up there. <laughs> <laughs> It's about that color. <laughs> it's the prettiest pit I've ever seen. Yeah. I can't wait to win ribs with it. That would be a good TikTok. Like Oh, we got Mojo coming to uh pit. to film with us. Monday. Next week. Yeah, Monday. He's so showing he's supposed to show us his I don't know what he's done award to, winning, to, winning to, ribs. I need to get in touch with him and see what he's playing on. You're not getting that. <laughs> you don't think he's gonna give us that? No. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he shows his face and talks. You. He did, he's he's getting Jay got he's been he's starting up to show to his it. face yeah he warmed up to it on his last video I watched I don't forgot what he looked like and I was like oh there's Jay <laughs> <laughs> he still has his hat on but he kind of had his face down there he didn't really look at the camera though he's slowly revealing slowly himself. revealing it he's coming out of that Wilson <laughs> look. over the fence look <laughs> so Shell where can they find y'all <laughs> you can find Malcolm at How to BBQ Right on Facebook Instagram Twitter and of course YouTube. And now TikTok, you can find me on Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. Yeah, holla at your boy. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> then my eyes do not say holler at that boy. She's going to be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm finna catch a show. Oh, well, uh, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us today. It's been a lot of fun, Mark. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate the invite. Sitting in with us. Thanks, and- Mark. Shell, let's go home and do some Easter cooking and we're gone.